This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. We're going to conclude today uh, the series that we've been doing, that all the campuses have been doing on... Uh, resurrection power this one uh is uh the final one resurrecting my future didn't pastor sandy do a wonderful job the past two sundays i'll tell you preaching two sundays in a row that's a double header i don't remember i don't ever remember that happening amen now she's done some wednesday nights and i recommend you come on a Wednesday night. You'll be uh, you'll be blessed if you can't come. Uh, take advantage of the uh, of the podcast. Uh, uh, some Wednesdays are on there, some are not. But take advantage of those uh, as well. They'll be a blessing to you. Um, you'll go twice as far, twice as fast by being a Wednesday person. Either way. Either uh, personally present, uh, or you know, through the wonders of technology, uh, today uh, you <clears throat> you can get a to-go box. Amen. And you know, this really is a drive-through, drive-by generation, isn't it? So it's okay. Hey, it's all right. Resurrecting uh, my future: the power of resurrection. Um, the introduction, and this was uh, uh, this outline was provided by uh, Pastor uh, Norris, Doctor Norris Braswell, pastors our campus down in uh, Montgomery. For those of you that are not aware, we have uh, three campuses currently: one in Horn Lake, Mississippi, here in Alexander City, and of course the original campus in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, Pastor uh, Doctor Norris. Uh, um, uh, pastors that under our senior pastor, uh, Dr. Steve Vickers, and uh, um, Guy Sheffield, Guy and Angie Sheffield, um, pastor out in Horn Lake. I'm not remiss to uh, mention um, Norris's wife, Cindy. She's a wonderful pastor uh, and co-pastors with uh, him as well, and Pastor Sandy uh, and I pastor uh, here, so it's bigger. You're you're really bigger than uh, than what you see or what you or what you know. It's one family, just several locations. Amen, and that's a good thing. And uh, so uh, his introduction. This says this, and I agree with it. We may plan our way, but it's the Lord who directs our actions. Proverbs sixteen and nine, the Good News Bible. Everyone has concerns about their future. It is the great unknown that unfolds one day at a time. Perhaps you have had a setback or even a failure pursuing what you think is your future. God can resurrect your future when it is the one he has picked out for you. So let's get busy discovering and following and if need be allowing God to resurrect the future he has for us. Resurrection only in the, occurs in the context of a death. And death in the natural is a cessation of life, uh, but in the spiritual, separation uh, from God. See, when we die in the natural, 
oh, here, that's not the cessation of life. Life doesn't end. Life here ends, but life doesn't end, you know. The second death the Bible talks about, this is pointed on the men wants to die. All men are going to die, you know. Uh, and uh, somebody says, well, what about, uh, what about uh, Elijah? And, uh, uh, and, and what about Enoch? You know, they didn't die. Well, they do over there in, uh, over in the uh, future in uh, Revelation. They're the two witnesses that are killed in the streets. But even then, it says after three days, the whole world stands in shock and awe because God raises them from the dead. All right? So it's appointed that every man wants to die. Uh, but it's the second death uh, that, that the Lord says we need to be more concerned with, and that is the, the eternal separation from God. You know? And that depends on, that's the spiritual side of things. There's the natural side of life, but then there's the spiritual side. And it's the spiritual side that we need to be aware of, uh, and it not be secondary in our life, but it be primary. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all the natural things of life, you know, will follow that spiritual priority uh, of seeking first the kingdom. Now, um, no one likes to talk about, uh, uh, you know, death in any way, but again, you know, it's a fact of life. Now, um, there is a scripture that says that while we were dead in our sins, um, we were separated from God. We were without God, and we were without hope. See, to be without God is to be without hope. And, it, and it, that verse of scripture, it's over in the Pauline writings. Um, he also uh, talked about, it says, you're without the covenants of promise. Without the promises of God uh, is to be without God. To be without God's word is to be without God. Without never having, uh, never hearing or never having heard. Uh, because God's, all of God's plans are for the future. All of God's plans, he, his plans are to give us a hope. God is the only hope uh, for this world both in this world and beyond this world. God is the only hope. Now, uh, think about that. To be hopeless, there's this sense of helplessness. You know? We feel as though there's no help. Now, I'm going to tell you, you know, a lot of times there isn't any help in ourselves. There isn't any help in natural things or even in people. You know? But there's always uh, help in God. God's here to help. That sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? That a great big God will want to help a little old me. But he does. He, long ago, the Bible says, he decided about us. And he set us up as the center and the object of his love. To lavish his love on us. And he's concerned with every detail of our life. The plans that he has are not big in general. Though, you know, he gets the big stuff first. And the big stuff is you need to be born again. We need to accept Jesus and what he did for us that we cannot do for ourselves. The biggest thing, he made it through death alive. He made a way uh, for, uh, for us to find our way to God. Amen. And he is the way, 
Everybody say the way. the way. There are a lot of ways the world purports, but remember, you know, there, Jesus said he's the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's a big difference uh, in that all them other folks are dead. Jesus is alive. Why? Because of resurrection. You know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come to uh, places uh, in this life because part of the, uh, the original separation from God was that death occurred. God said this, if you, if you eat this fruit, you will die. You shall surely die. And, uh, of course, in the natural, it was, you know, hundreds of years before Adam and Eve uh, died uh, naturally. But where they did die was on the inside. They were separated from God. Now, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that, uh, uh, that for all practical purposes, is subject to death. Uh, when we're born into this world naturally, we're born of the seed of death, Adam and Eve. We're born naturally, but under that, under that curse, under the death sentence of, of death, we're born dead spiritually. And being born again is a resurrection life. It, it isn't good people, is God not making bad people good? It is God raising from dead people to life. That's the difference. Religion tries to make bad people good. You know, but a relationship is, uh, is the truth is, is that God makes dead people alive. Amen. Amen. How do we get it? Dead in our trespasses and sins. All right. I want to read out of Jeremiah the 29th uh, um, verse. But before I do that, let me read it out of Proverbs uh, 19th chapter and the 21st, uh, the 21st verse out of the Passion Bible. It says, A person may have ideas, many ideas, concerning God's plan for his life. But only the designs of his purpose will succeed in the end. A person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his life, but only the designs of his, God's purpose, will succeed in the end. Jeremiah 29 and 11 out of the Amplified Bible says this, and I'm going to read 10 and 9. Uh, said, I will visit you and keep my good promise to you, causing you re to return to this place. For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. The Message Bible says to give you the future you hoped for. To give you the future that you hoped for. Amen. Now, um, in uh, Ephesians, the uh, third chapter, 20, the 20th verse, we want you to turn there uh, quickly. As the starting place for my future then is with God. We may have a past or even a present without God, uh, but the starting place for a real future, a real hope, a real life, it starts with God. Everybody say, starts with God. <clears throat> you start with God and stay with God. And we live in a world today that a lot of folks 
start with God. Far, far too many don't stay with God. You know, something uh, or someone uh, talks them out of it. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you what now. Uh, you know, there, there are many places in, uh, in this life where the devil accuses God, he accuses you, he accuses other people. And boy, if, if you went just by what your eyes could see, what your ears have heard, what your emotions feel, you might be tempted to put the blame on God. And who wants to stay with somebody that they believe is against them? And notice how it's very subtle that uh, religion sneaks in uh, and and plants the seed. And you've got to be careful of seeds because eventually they'll grow up and they'll flower and they'll bloom and there'll be fruit from it. But so subtly sows the seed in our uh, life. Well, you know, uh, um, you know, God did that bad in order to work good in the end. God's using this bad to teach you. See, you need to be careful of that kind of stuff. Now, God uses His Word to teach us. Amen. I know folks, I know, I know this folk right here. I've done lots of stupid stuff, didn't learn a thing from it. Until I found the truth in the Word, that's what set me free from that cycle of failure and defeat. Amen. But while I was in that, you know, uh, the devil, he is the accuser of the brethren. I'll tell you, the first one he ever accused was God. He, he said to Eve, he goes, did God really say? Now, you know, look here, God's not looking out for your best interest now. He knows that, uh, you know, if you eat this, you, you, you'll be just like him. She was already just like him, except she didn't know it. So he took advantage of what she didn't know. Are you listening? And basically he said, you can run your own life. Well, you're supposed to run your own life. Run it right up to God and follow him. Run right in his tracks for your life. Run right down the path that he designed for you. Run right up into the destiny, taking the direction he has for your life. You're supposed to run your own life. And you do. We all do. We all choose and we all, we all decide for ourselves. Can't, I can't point my finger at anybody and you can't point your finger at anybody without the rest of them pointing. Let's see, one, two, three. This one here is going sideways. You never could trust a thumb. Anyway, but one pointing that way, three pointing backwards. Just simple numbers. Amen. <clears throat> no, we want our starting place for our future to be in God and that our future is now connected with God. And we, and we stay connected with God by believing Him, by trusting Him. Even when it doesn't look like that we should believe Him or trust Him, remember, it's just a smokescreen. It's just the devil once again accusing God, accusing you, accusing other people. See where that's concerned. Oh, I refuse. I found out that 
in Jesus, I was made a victor, so I refuse any longer to be a victim. You can't be both. There's not a mixture. You know, one day, uh, you know, you're victorious in God. The next day, you're the victim. You can hear the victim mentality. Woe is me, poor me, I this, I that, I the other. You know, isn't it interesting that I is the right in the middle of S and M. And when I is in the middle, you're the, 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 the other ones come in there. S and N, we're missing the mark. Sin, we're missing the mark. You know, we live to please God and we live to serve God. We live to serve God, amen. And we serve God by loving others as we've been, as we've been loved. When we uh, trust God, then we, then we get a new life. We get a new future. We get a new future. You know, you'll hear people, even as Christians, you know, well, cancer runs in my family. It did in my old family. But it don't run in my new family. You know, when they, uh, you fill out a medical questionnaire, they say, did your father have it? I checked. My father ain't had none of that. <laughs> Let's see. Lord, God, do you ever have diabetes? I heard God say, say what? <laughs> well, it's on this thing. Did your father, what, what, what illnesses are inherent in your family? Only ones I know were, were you know, uh, uh, healed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. You realize they're just trying to get you to take that stuff. Take the thought saying, well, you know, I never really thought about it. But you know, Mama, Mama was a sickly person. Now, it seemed like Mama this and Mama that. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you what now. Uh, you know, uh, we're redeemed from all that stuff. Uh, even Jesus said that. They came to him one time and said, your mama's outside and your brother's, and they're asking for you. Let me tell you why. They think you're crazy, son. Mom's stomping her foot, pointing her finger, said, tell that boy come out here. We need to talk to him. And Jesus looked around and he said, well, who's my mama? Who's my brother's and sister? He goes, those that are believing God and doing the will of God and walking in God's way. Amen. Are you listening? Uh, you know, uh, I love my natural family, but, you know, um, uh, my natural family had to get saved because I found a spiritual family. And I, and, and I wanted my natural family to be part of my spiritual family because my spiritual family is going to be my family forever. Maybe my natural family is just here on the earth. Amen. All right. Uh, it's a new life, though. And it is beyond, it is a life beyond our imaginations, our ability to comprehend. In Ephesians, uh, the third chapter, 20th verse, it says this. Um, I'm in the four, so let me get back over here. Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Amplified says it this way. Now to him who by and in consequent of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose 
and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our, wild, our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams to him be glory in the church and in, G in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Did you catch that? That there, this, what is that power? It's his resurrection power at work with, within us. It's his resurrection power that you cannot separate. The, 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 the true description biblically is uh, for us as believers is resurrection power. God makes dead things live. Yes, he is. That's, the, that's the nothing is impossible with God because, you know, when. Uh, when uh, in the natural, when when things or people die, that's it. No hope. It's dead. It's done. When it's dead, it's done. When it's dead, it's done. But with God, it could be dead, but it may not be done. God may not be done yet. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God may not be done with you yet. It's better than, I th it's beyond the boundaries of my imaginations, my capabilities and capacities to understand right now or even think or hope because there are sometimes in life especially hopeless places in life you know uh, where you can't think you can't imagine you can't hope you feel without God amen now and it's tailor made just for me well uh let me ask you this. Are you discouraged about your future? Whose future are you, are you pursuing? Decide to pursue the future that God has for you. I want to uh, get us to a place in getting to our future, aligning our purpose with God's will, aligning our plans with God's wisdom, and aligning our pursuits with God's direction. I don't think there's any better story about this, because I like stories. I really like the, the people's stories in the Bible. I believe they're real people. I associate more with the people than the principle. I appreciate the preaching of the principle and all those kind of things, you know. But show me some people and let me learn from their lives. And show me real people. Don't show me the people that... You know, the highfalutin, never made a mistake, all those kind of stuff. Show me the people that feel what I feel. That, that know what it's like to be me in my situation. I thank God that that is, boy, for me, that's what the Bible is. That's why I love to read the Bible. It's full of stories about people. They're real stories about real people with real problems, in a real world, and a real God, and that I can relate to. How about you? Well, let's look at the book of Ruth and the story of Ruth, but I want to call our attention today uh, uh, to a lady named Naomi, because if there had not been a Naomi, there never would have been a Ruth. And so, a lot of times we think that Naomi is a bit player, but boy, what a part, uh, what a part she has. Amen. 
And I can relate to Ruth. I've been the outsider. Uh, I've, I've been the foreigner, all of those things. And I've been the favorite of God. Chosen by God. Specially treated by God. And made apart by God. But the uh, story begins, it says, Once upon a time, it was back in the day when judges led Israel, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem and Judah left home to live in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons, the man's name was Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi. His sons were named Malon and Kilion, all Ephrodites from Bethlehem in Judah. They all went to the country of Moab and settled there. And Elimelech died. And Naomi was left, she and her two sons. The sons took Moabite wives. The name of the first was Orpha, the second Ruth. They lived there in Moab for the next ten years. But then, everybody say, but then. The two brothers, Malon and Kilian, died. Now the woman was left without either her young men or her husband. Don't you think that that would affect your future? I mean, she, she married uh, this uh, man. They had two sons. She, they had a dream for their future. Circumstances happened in the place that they were living. And the man, who's the leader of the house, responsible in front of God for leadership, uh, had a good idea, but as it turned out, it, I could really call into question whether it was a God idea because he died and his two sons died. I'm going to tell you something now. See, uh, you know, uh, men, uh, we uh, leaders, uh, we, our choices are not just going to have consequences for us going to have consequences for those who are with us and those that follow us. And you know, it, it's, it, if the devil knows that uh, uh, you can be moved, he'll move you. If, if the devil knows that he can put enough pressure on you, you know, uh, uh, he just needs to keep you away from the place and the grace because, uh, see, they were they were uh, God's people and they, God had a place for them and they needed to be in that place in order to experience the grace. Well, the famine comes along and that, you know, uh, a lot of times it looks like outward circumstances, you know, uh, if you're just making your life about survival, you know. You know, in a famine, we still have to trust God. I can go example after example after example where they got out of the land and they got out of the place, they got out of the grace. And boy, wouldn't the devil love to get you out of your place to get you out of the grace. Amen. Now, there's grace. Don't misunderstand me, you know, uh, for missteps and misunderstandings and mistakes. All right? All right? But there is a greater grace when you stay in the center of God's will. We should not just aim in a general direction that say, well, it doesn't matter what I do, how I miss the mark, because grace is going to abound to me. 
Listen, missing the mark, you know. What if you drive down the, the, the highway and the mark is on this lane and you miss the mark and you're driving in this lane and you kill yourself and other folks too? Now there's grace if you're a Christian and all that. People will forgive you and go on, but there are great consequences to, to driving down the wrong lane. Being out of your place and out of your grace. You don't have grace to, you know, I mean everybody will, will try to miss you and all that kind of stuff, but you know, everybody might not. And hurt yourself and hurt other folk. Amen? Is it important? You know, especially, now listen to me. You know, all of you, older and younger. I'm going to tell you what. Now, there, in America, we're told, you know, you can be anything you want to be. You better find out what God wants you to be and do. Amen? Don't buy into that. The American dream isn't necessarily God's dream. Now, we're blessed. Don't misunderstand me. Amen? You know, thank God this... The, the people that founded this nation believed in God and laid that in the root. And there'll always be fruit from that no matter what, how people try to change that. Amen. The Bible says, why do the heathen rage, rage and imagine a vain thing and say, let's get rid of uh, Christ and, and, you know, get rid of God's king. It's like God just laughs. He goes, listen. I was here for you got here. I'll be here after you leave. If you don't quit doing dumb stuff, you're going to leave early. It was a good idea to move, but it wasn't a God idea. And the proof of that was the man died, then his sons died, and Naomi was left. What about the people that you're going to leave? What, what, about the, what about the hardship that's placed on who's left? What about the future of the faces that you will never be a part of their life? A little more to think about than just having just a, it's a good idea and have a knee-jerk reaction and, you know, under pressure, make some kind of a move that seems like a good idea, meets the immediate need at the time. But, but you know, obviously, the man did not understand anything about where his real inheritance was. He, his inheritance was in Bethlehem, in Judah, in the land of Israel. Moab was, uh, Moab was the was the result of two daughters, Lot's daughters, having a good idea of father, and the father was a pervert, you understand? He wasn't a weirdo or anything like that, but he was just along for the ride. Lot was all right as long as he hung with Abraham, but then he had a good idea to go down to where it looked good. He had a good idea, but it wasn't a God idea because it wound up in trouble down there. And his legacy was Moab, of father, of that kind of a father, a good idea, gone, but not a God idea. Are you listening? So they went down here. You'll always wind up with folks that have good ideas but not God ideas. Their threshold is built right beside the threshold of God. Their doorway is right beside the doorway. And the devil will go, doorway number one, going to be hard. Now you understand. See, it's God stuff. 
Just look at so-and-so. They tried it. They didn't make it. And won't you just come on over here, just a little compromise in your life, just a little co-promise. See, I, you take the, you don't, why be under all this pressure? Why have to live by faith? Why all this, you know, you know, God don't really require all of that now. It don't take all that of Bible reading and praying and going to church. I know what the preacher says, but he just wants your money. And careful of folks that have a lot of good ideas, call it God. And say, God don't care. It don't really matter to God. Listen, if it don't matter to you, that's the excuse. It don't matter to God. It matters to God. See, it needs to matter to us. Every step ordered by God. The steps of a good man are ordered by God. God didn't order this man to go down there. Just said he made a move because there was outside pressure and circumstance. He had a good idea and it cost him. It cost him himself. But what difference does it make? Just like Eli one time, you know, I remember the message came to him about thing. He said, well, no, it wasn't Eli, it was Hezekiah. Uh, and and uh, the prophet told him certain things. He goes, well, at least it's not going to happen in my lifetime. Well, what about the lifetimes you're leaving? You're okay, but what about the, le- what about the, le- the living legacy of a heritage of faith? And a life that, that leads by example by we follow God. We trust God. We stay even if it's not popular to stay. All right, moving right along. Uh, and so now the woman was left without either her young man or her husband. One day she got herself together. Man, I like that. Boy, I'm going to tell you what now. Listen, don't stop living while you're still alive. Don't, don't. Don't not be alive while you're still living. Let me say it backwards and frontwards. Amen. Uh, death all around. Living in, the, uh, living in a place where it's just all a good idea. But this girl got a God idea. We know it was a God idea. She got herself together because she got ready to leave there because she heard that God was visiting his people. I'm going to tell you what. You can leave God, but God's still going to be good to his folk. The father stayed on the farm. Listen, and the boy in the pig pen knew there was some place better to go back to father's house because daddy was always going to be the same. It was never going to be changed. Daddy's house was where it was going on. And I'll tell you what, now I have walked far from God and near to God, but God's always been the same. I mean, God's, and it was always the goodness of God that changed my mind. I might have, I might have been, you know, under, I might have got under pressure. The devil will put you under pressure. There's more pressure for a marksman to punch the same hole in the center of the paper than there is a, you know, hang a pie plate and oh well, bang bang boom, I'm shooter, I'm a shooter. No, you ain't. Where's the accuracy? We're to walk act. You, you and I don't have, have the option in these days and times to just live sloppy. Come on. It'll get you hurt. At best, it'll get you killed at worst. And it won't just be you that's affected. It will be those that are attached to you. 
Where's the excellence anymore in some stuff? And we all have to work uh, where that is concerned. Excellence is, listen, this, this desire to make progress in the process and this thing of becoming more than I am right now. Become, of, of, of allowing God to develop us. Be your best self. Why? Because God deserves the best. Amen. He gave the best for the worst, but he's not going to leave us in our worst state. He says, I've got better for you. Aren't you glad that she came, got, she, got to, she got herself together? Sometimes, honey, we're looking at you trying to get other folks together. You've got to get yourself together. It's going to have to be your own idea. You've got to want something better than where you're at. Where you're at. I can pour water on you all day long and you won't get... It won't do you a bit of get. You'll get wet, but you just you sit right there and won't open your mouth and drink a bit of it and die of thirst. Folk, you know, my folks used to say, you lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Amen? It got to be your own idea. She got herself together. Start looking, look to your neighbor and say, you got to do it for yourself. I mean, if you won't first do it for you, you won't do it for nobody else. I'll tell you that right now. Don't lie to yourself that you go, I'm going to live for God. I, I care about for. I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. And you allowing yourself so much flesh. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It just came over me. It just. It's on the tape. I won't take it back. No, I'm not going to look at no other woman because I got a good woman. But more than that, I have grandsons. I have granddaughters. I have son-daughter. Listen, what, what? The legacy of a fool is not something I'm interested in. I'm not going to let loose something in the future by sowing this seed of disobedience and disdain for the for the supremacy of God now. Amen. <clears throat> so, she got herself together. She heard God was visiting people and she headed home. She knew the road home. She says she took the road to Judah. Judah is significant of praise. You know, isn't it interesting that she knew what direction to go back to God and she knew what road to get on. You know, listen, God's worthy of our praise anyhow. Even even while, now I'm going to show you from this, as they got going down the road and, you know, there'll always, whenever you're moving towards God, there'll always be other folk that are wanting to go back or stay where they're at and moving away from God. And they'll move away from you. They got down the road a little ways as she told their daughters-in-law. She said, now go back now, you know. And they said, no, we're not going back. And she said, look, and this is a statement that she made. Now, she's still operating, and there's some things that affect us so strongly. She's still operating in hopelessness, but she's acting on a little glimmer of hope. She heard God's doing something. All right? Things have changed. God's doing something. All right? It brought hope to her. But she made this statement to her daughter-in-law. She goes, what's the use? She goes, even if, even if, well, I'll read it to you. Go back. I'm too old to get a husband. Why, even if I said there's still hope. 
Okay? Said, even if I said there's still hope, and in the natural way, got a husband, had children, and all that, she goes, you wouldn't want... You're going to be wasting away old women by the time they grow up. Just go back. Go back. And, of course, you know, uh, um, you know, one cried. They both cried. They all cried. And, and uh, Orpha kissed her goodbye. You got kissers and cleavers in life. There are going to be those that will kiss you goodbye at every dimension, every level. People come. People go. People make the jump. People don't. Amen. Just that simple. Uh, now, now listen. This is what she said there. She goes, this is a bitter pill for me to swallow. More bitter for me than for you. God has dealt me a hard blow. You, you're not going to get better. Now, see, when you're down there with folks that it's a good idea, they're a little confused about who God is and what God does. See, she's saying that God did this to me. No, your husband made a decision that affected you. You're a good wife. You went with your husband, but it was not the right decision. It was not a God decision. It was a good idea, but it wasn't a God idea. And he died. And then your sons died because because y'all stayed there. Are you listening? Amen. God didn't do this. What God did do was he allowed you to choose. Amen. He allowed you to move. You made the choice, and you suffered the consequences. That's hard. That's a bitter pill for us to swallow. Because, it, because listen, it should just be all God and all God's fault that I am like I am. I've followed you. I've obeyed you. Have you? Because if there's stealing, killing, and destroying, there's death happening. Have we? That's hard, isn't it? But it's the truth. Amen. God doesn't have a plan for you to die early. Now you can if you want to. You know, it's, it's hard sometimes to talk people out of dying and into living. <laughs> it's easier just to agree with them. Well, what kind of what color flowers would you like? What 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 what, what song should we sing? Amen. All right. I'm going to tell you what. Now, the Bible says you need to stand daily at my gates. Proverbs 8, chapter, end of, the, end of the chapter says, you need to stand daily at my gates seeking the wisdom I have for you. He said, he said you'll be blessed. And if you don't, he goes, you're going to miss me. And he goes, you're going to harm yourself. You're going to harm yourself when you miss me. Now, would, did God want us to suffer harm? No, but the choice to stand daily at his gates and get wisdom for that day. Always turn towards God. Always stay with God. Always trust God, even when it looked like it's stupid to do so. Are you listening? Like you're going to starve out, like you're going to die. I'm sure he said, if we stay here, we're going to die. So you moved and you died. All right. So Orpha left. Kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. Ruth embraced her and held on. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law is going back home to live with her own people and God's go with her. Don't force, Ruth said, don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home. Where you go, I go. Where you live, I'll live. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die. And that's where I'll be buried. So help me, God. Not even death itself is going to come between us. I don't have time to teach about that kind of loyal love and the commitment that is so attractive to God that will get you 
on the list of most favored status and you'll be part of what God's doing generations from now. Oh, we could learn some lessons about loyal love. I love you with the love of the Lord. Didn't you get my text message? Didn't they tell you? I'm in Kentucky. No. I just know you ain't shown up for a month and went and wondered where you're at. Oh, I'm in Kentucky. <laughs> Anyhow, let's move right along. <clears throat> it says that they they went together and they got there when they arrived in Bethlehem the whole town was soon buzzing is this really our Naomi after all this time she said don't call me Naomi you know what Naomi means beautiful grace she said don't call me Naomi call me bitter now listen and she follows that up the strong one has dealt me a bitter blow. I left here full of life, and God has brought me back with nothing but the clothes on my back. Why would you call me Naomi? God certainly doesn't. The strong one ruined me. So Naomi was back, but Naomi is bitter. See, the Bible says be careful that there's no unforgiveness that takes root in your life and winds up becoming, turning you bitter. Do you know that I have been so mad at God that there's been periods of time I was unwilling to forgive God for what he had done to me. I felt like that he had tricked me. He had dealt me a bitter blow. He'd let these people do all this stuff. Here I was a Christian trying to obey you, just give my whole heart to the thing. And I mean, God, you haven't done anything that I told you you needed to do it. I had a lot of good ideas and you didn't do any of them. And God goes, right, they were not God ideas. They were... They were, there were lots of good ideas about what my plans and purposes were, but ultimately it's my plan and my purpose that's going to prevail if you'll trust me. But in order to trust me, you're going to have to forgive me even if you feel like I've wronged you. I'm the only one in this house tonight. I might jump over, you know, uh, do something stupid to get your attention, but... I'm going to tell you what now. I, I might be the only one in here that has ever believed wrong about God. Has ever bit the devil's bait and become bitter. Oh, I'll tell you what now. Though, here's the thing. You'll get separated when you get bitter. You won't want to be around folk. And that will be a God idea because you'll defile. Let it go, honey. You gotta let that wrong thinking go. You gotta you you gotta choose to believe God. And you know, we come to church and they sing the happy songs, and you know, I'd find the scripture that says, Oh, don't sing a happy song to a bitter soul. It says it's like pouring salt in his wounds. I'd go to church and it was like, oh God. And the devil will make sure. What you're sick. Now I'm not saying that mean way. You're 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 at dis-ease. There's problem. And it's a heart problem. God's not the problem. As long as you're going to wind up in bitterness when we say, God's done this to me. Well, consider the alternative. God doesn't do everything in the world. God doesn't do everything in the church. 
There's folk in the church that have good ideas that ain't got nothing to do with God. And listen, and the devil will make sure that they, that they are the ones that will whisper in your ear. And just, you know, and get, get over getting your feelings hurt in church. I'm going to tell you what now, because you're going to get your feelings hurt in church. There's religious folks, there's devils, there's all kind of stuff. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you're not one of them. Don't be that guy, don't be that girl, see, that goes to church waiting for... But I'm tell you what now, I've been in all kind of churches, some good ones, some bad ones in between. And I'll tell you what, I wasn't, you know, I mean, some of them sheep are over there going, <laughs> you'll hear them even if they're sleeping. Going, <laughs> oh, sorry, bad, bad. Be careful. There's all kind of folks in church now. All kind of reasons. You know, I come for God. I come for me. And I come for whoever wants to be for God. And if you don't, it's like I'm not fooled by all that kind of stuff. You know, it has its own reward. That has its own stuff. Good ideas. And where else you gonna go? Back to the devil? Back to the folks that are dying? Back to you know, you're just gonna stay in the in the soup and stay bitter? I've been there now. Miserable existence. Misery, miserable. Just miserable. I mean, you know, I mean, sometimes you're on the trailer, you don't want to get off and make it so miserable on the trailer, you will get off. If the only place you'll come to yourself is the pig pen, hook them up. Amen. What kind of pigs you like? Red pigs, black pigs, white pigs, green pigs, whatever. But that's where, if it, whatever it takes for you to come to yourself because that's God's purpose. Now, he didn't send you to the pig pen. He allowed you to get there all on your own. And he allowed you, listen, and he allowed you enough mercy and grace to realize this is the place I'm in and I don't want to be here no more. And the minute you chose, he's been there. The Bible says when that, when, when that boy, you know, got inside on the road, the father ran. He was looking for him every day. The father ran. God on the run after old stinky, foolish son ready to put the robe and the ring back on. I mean, restoration. Glory be to God. All right. Proverbs 13 and 12 says, unrelenting disappointment. Look at the setup. Unrelenting disappointment makes the heart sick. Breaks your heart. When you're operating with a broken heart, you got to get God to heal that heart. Have you ever been brokenhearted over your, over your plans not working out? Over the expectation that you had, you're disappointed. For yourself, for other people. You know? See, I have no unrealistic expectation where the church is concerned. 
I did, and I've been brokenhearted over the church, over people in church. But I have no real unrealistic expectation anymore. Folk are folk. Folk going to do what folk going to do. But it's their idea. Amen. But I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and it's going to be my idea to have a God idea. And no matter who come and who go, I'm going to stay with God. I've had good friends. I've, had, I've seen leadership. I've seen all kinds of folks, you know. Are you listening? Come and go. But I'm going to tell you what now. I'm going to stay with God. Because it's, a, it's not just a good idea. It's a God idea. Where else are you going to go? Amen? No matter what people do. Unrelenting disappointment can make your heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. Sometimes in praying for the heart sick, you need to pray, God, they need a sudden good break. They need a breakthrough. But it's always in the follow-through. And when people won't follow through for themselves, I loved it. Uh, you know, got the song got in the wind here just a little while ago, and Pastor Kelly, Pastor Ron really picked up on that and glory to it. It was so powerful. Uh, uh, and the whole praise team, you could just tell. I, I thank God that they move with the Spirit of God or led by the Spirit of God. Just Jesus. I've been in some places where it was, you know, it was all about me and my playing, and it's like, yeah, and I'm not coming back to this concert again. <laughs> but thank God that people understand and know God. And what Pastor Kelly had said about it, she said, you know, pray for people. Sometimes we have to be the follow-through in prayer for people because they're so broken-hearted they can't pray properly for themselves. They're just bitter, you know. So she was back, but she was bitter. And the long and short of it, because I've been here a long time, are you bored yet? Can you take just a little bit more? Uh, Ruth... Ruth was a, a key player uh, in this. Remember, sometimes the people that you're with that are watching your life, she knew Naomi was bitter. Yeah. See, funny thing about bitterness, you sit, you sit at the table at night, you know, and, uh, and it comes out. Because it's going to defile many. It's like an oozy, pussy sore. You know? So Ruth knew she was bitter, but she was determined. I don't know how, where she got this from. Had to have been God. Because she said, you know what, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, boy, this girl had the one quality that I tell you is the most like God, that I, this loyal love. I've had conversations about this with Sandy, with Kyle, and, you know, your eyes are different ones. It's like, I'm going to tell you something, you know, uh, it might be wrong. I've loved a lot of different people. Some of them, you know, didn't didn't really want that but I said but I cannot I am going to be a lover of God and it's going to be a loyal love and I'm going to be the friend that sticks closer than the brother you you may not want to be in my presence but you ain't never going to get rid of me because I believe in loyal love now I believe in that I believe love at all times no matter what she had this and so, anyway, a series of events. But, you know, it was a God set up. I mean, God set that up. And, and I like that she came home. She found a field. Boy, I'll tell you, be careful of the field you're gleaning in. This is a good one right here. Amen. This is a Jesus field. 
You'll hear God's word when you come. You'll hear God's heart. He's for you. He's with you. Anyway, uh, she, uh, uh, she has been shown favor by Boaz. Now we just, we've got Ruth. Now we've got Boaz coming into the, uh, uh, into the picture. And uh, so anyway, she, uh, she came home. She had, I mean, she just had a, uh, much more than she should have had where gleaning was concerned. And so Naomi said to her daughter in the third, uh, second chapter in the 21st, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, why uh, God bless that man, because she told her where she'd been working. It says, God hasn't quite walked out on us after all. Isn't that an interesting statement? Because, because her husband walked out on God. Can you see, everything's upside down for people that have a good idea instead of a God idea. But God's restoring her. How? Through his goodness. She knew it was God. Abundance. Even, listen, they're beggars. They're poor. She came home with more than enough. And and listen, a sudden good break. Because she heard a name, Boaz. She goes, you know what? That guy, that guy, that guy could help us. He's a kinsman redeemer. He's in our family line. It's not by accident that you wound up where you're at. I'll tell you, God, maybe God hasn't walked out on us after all. Maybe God's at work. See, when you get back where you're supposed to be, you'll get some God ideas. When you leave the land of good ideas, you'll get into and get back to the place where God ideas happen. You'll get some revelation knowledge. God, when you get with people that know God, you'll get to know God yourself. He still loves He still loves us. Boy, it's such a turning point right here. Maybe God hasn't walked out on us, but oh, I remember it wasn't God that walked out on us. It was me that walked out on Him. But He still loves us. He's showing us He still loves us. In bad times, as well as good. Oh, I've seen some good times, and I've known some bad times. It's easy to believe God loves you in the good times. Not so much when it's bad times. He still loves us. Naomi went on. See, because one, the light starts to shine, all of a sudden you start to see things that you didn't see before. That man, Ruth, is one of our circle of covenant redeemers. All other conversation changed. Well, he said this, that, and the other. And then it went on through the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, and then Naomi, now hope is being resurrected. Hope. You're talking, you're hearing hope. You're you're talking, well, all hope was gone. She said, I'm bitter. Hope leaves us when we feel like God has left us, but God hasn't left us. We always just leave him. 
but he'll draw us back only with cords of love. Chapter 3, one day her mother-in-law Naomi said to Ruth, now it's about time. Maybe it's time to make our move. I like that. I see a little light will be more light. She goes, you know what? Now, I've been thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I think we ought to make a move. I think we, I think we ought to take the rope of hope and make a move. Here's what I want you to do. Get all gussied up, girl. Get yourself a bath. Yeah, he, he obviously likes you as a sweaty field hand. But we're not going to take no chances. See, the end of the harvest is here. I want you to get all gussied up. I want you to spray yourself. He said, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to go lay down at his feet because that, that says I'm available. Amen. And she did. And the rest of the story was, you know, I like this part. Every time I read this stuff, it, it just ministers to me. Amen. When, when she came home, Ruth came home to you know on me. See, because Boaz is a type of Jesus. He's the kinsman redeemer. She told her what had happened. She said, let's take it easy. Just rest. She goes, because that man will not. He said, that man will take, will do something today. He will do it now. He will get on it. He will not, he will not hesitate. He's going to handle it. Let's see what happens. I'll tell you what now. We're not talking hope. Now we got faith going on. That man, Jesus, is not going to waste any time. He'll handle this today. Let's wait and see what happens. Oh, man, I'm telling you what now. Now, I'm talking to people today. I, you know, there's some people who shouldn't be here, maybe ain't here to hear this, but I'm going to tell you what now. The Lord already told me beforehand uh, in this thing. He said, there are people here that they're hearing what I'm saying. There are folks that have had disappointments in life. There are folks that, have, that are stuck in the bitterness and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you what now. We're talking about resurrecting hope. See? Resurrecting hope. Now, listen to this. The end of the story is this. And, then, and I know that you're glad that we're here. Sometimes it just takes a long time to get here. But it's well worth it. Here's the end of the story. Boaz married Ruth. Became his wife. Boaz slept with her, and by God's gracious gift, she conceived and had a son. And the town woman said to Naomi, bitter, beautiful grace, blessed be God. Job, blessed be God. Jesus, blessed be God. Joseph, blessed be God. He didn't leave you without family to carry on your life. Think about this. Don't miss the point because you, you, your, your digestive system or the mind that can't pay attention past, you know, the next blurp on YouTube. <laughs> blessed be God. He's not left you without. 
He's given you a family that will carry on your life. A sudden good break. Sandy reminded me today. She said, you know what today is? I don't have a clue. I have a clue. She goes, today's May 19th. Because it was five years ago. We almost died on the highway. And You know, it's funny. It's funny. I'll tell you, through that process, you can get bitter. You cannot understand this or that and everything else. You have to choose to trust God. I'm going to tell you what now, but life has been so... I'm in the future that I never, that the devil didn't want me to have. And it's funny that I forgot all about the trouble living here in the double. Because, because my thoughts are, are not even just on today. I'm thinking about like on Wednesday. On Wednesday. And we thought we were done. I thought we were done that day. Woke up alive. Oh, Willie Nelson song. I thank God I woke up not dead again today. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? I'm, I'm going to, and this is the wonderful thing about allowing God to let you live and staying alive while you're still living. And I'm going to hold not just one, but two. Legacy. I'm going to have a part Telling them about my Jesus. Telling them the stories. The faithfulness of God. The goodness of God. Oh, it's easy to die. It's easy to give up. It's easy to walk off. God, why'd this happen? Why'd you leave me? It's like, I'm going to tell you what now. See? No, you stay trusting God. Because the legacy won't be God didn't, God couldn't, God wouldn't. The legacy is yes, God did. Because God always will. Because God always can. Even when it looks impossible. See, that's the kind of God. That's the kind of God, little boy. That's the kind of God, little girl. That's the kind of God that we have. Blessed be God. Who's not left us without a family, people for our life, to continue our life, that we live on in and through them. And what lives on? Not the foolishness, not the mistakes, not the bad, but the faith the love and the goodness and the greatness of God.
There'll be some times when everything dies. Oh, I've been there. You may be there now. Call it the walking dead. Not a zombie, but just the walking dead. I love that song by one of the groups. It says, I'm alive, even though a part of me has died. Talking about the healer. I wonder if there's anybody here today. Perhaps. Perhaps this can help. You need God to heal you. He is a wonderful healer, isn't he? Naomi needed healing. Because there was a roof. Boaz needed healing. He's an old man. Ain't no good girls around here. Ain't nobody wants an old man like me. I got all this and no one to share it with. And here comes Ruth. And he said that. He goes, bless, blessed girl. He goes, you could have had all your choice of all the young men. But you chose me. And honey, I ain't going to let the daylight go down on that choice. <laughs> Early in the morning, I'm going down to get this thing taken care of. <laughs> Naomi knew it. She go, that old man, he's rich and he's a shaker and a mover and a doer. He said, he going to get this took care of quick. <laughs> and then... And so there was two. And then there was three. Obed. They called him Naomi's baby. But his real name was Obed. And Obed was Jesse's dad. And he was David's grandfather. Wonder where David got that heart for God. Wonder where... Wonder where that little runt and the outcast and all of that. Wonder where I could just see him sitting on Grandpa Obed's knee. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how God works. See, there shouldn't have been a me. I know what it's like. My mama was an outsider. I know what it's like. Oh, come on now. It matters whether you win or not. It matters whether you let God do what God, only God can do. And he, I'll tell you, there's somebody in this house that speaks to today. Need your hope resurrected. Because the future, if all we had is what we can see, if all we have is what we know and understand right now of God even, or of ourselves or the way it is right now, boy, we would be most miserable. Paul said that. He goes, all we had was just this life. That's not all we have. That's not who we have. Anybody here today? Any takers on this? I'm going to pray a prayer. I tell you, someone, you, you know, I never take it. People need miracles. Yeah, God is divinely intervening. I, I, I look at this. This was a divine intervention. This whole series. 
at the direction of Dr. V. I've learned I don't make a big deal about it. It's like I can, you know, listen, I'll preach to big guys. It don't matter to me where it comes from. You give us liberty to do what we need to do. God, the Holy Ghost, we're going to follow Him. It's good stuff. But it's, this is a God idea. This wasn't... I'll tell you what that woman ministered for two weeks and the, the one before that and this one, it was a God idea. And it was just exactly what the people that are in this house then... The last four weeks have needed to hear. Now, don't you go away and miss your moment because we are in the great year of the greatest thing that God is doing. Don't miss out on it. Don't stay the same. Don't remain. Don't, don't allow anything to separate you from what God is doing. Get yourself into a position where God can show you and you can see it because it's, listen, I'm telling you, I couldn't see this five years ago. But now here I am five years later. And I'm telling you for over four and uh, almost three quarters of a year, it was daily. I remember May 19th. Daily. Daily. Every day. It's there. I guess that just shocked me more than anything else. She goes, you know what day it was? I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. I'm all wrapped up in this future that's unfolding and it's so beyond. Absolutely. Just so good, God. Can I tell you what? You don't think so. If God heals you, and sometimes that process is you've got to take the full prescription. You've got to go all the way with God. You've got to go all the way through because the breakthrough is in the follow-through. I'm going to tell you what, and I'm going to give you a checkup here today. And, and listen, some of you, this is the last treatment. Glory to God. I mean, you're just at the place. And there's a grace. And life's about to be beyond what you could. I mean, June's going to be jumping with joys. Full of joy. A joyful June like never before. Good things. Great things. Don't miss your moment. Uh, you know, how can you make too much of? I, I, you know, I'm really wary about that, of, 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 you know, saying this is it. But I'm going to tell you what, we have today, so this is it. There are moments that are measured in, in just their, their glimpses of glory. They are dates with destiny. They're, they're where our life changes. The prayer beforehand, Jim and Natalie prayed with us and for the work of the Holy Ghost and changing hearts and changing minds. But I'm going to tell you what, changing lives. Anybody here today that needs that? This has really spoken to your heart. I mean, you've been, you're just, it, it has, it, you can see your, you can see yourself. And Naomi has been the subject. Thank God for Ruth, but without, without a Naomi. The other people for their life. Don't do something because you, you have a religious notion. I mean, if this speaks to you, you, you want God to do something in your life. And oh, how He can do something yes, he can. in your life. Five years, grace for the space. <laughs> but I'll tell you, five years later, you forget about 
because of the overwhelming goodness of today. The overwhelming goodness of today. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you what, look over there, all the glory of God on these folks standing up over there. Hallelujah. Well, God, we're going to trust you. God, we're going to stay. Believe in you. God, we're going to believe you still love us. In the bad times, as well as the good. God, we're not going to, our measurement of you, you are good. But even when it's not good, you're still good. Even when it's bad, you still love us. And you're with us and you're for us in the bad. And God, it's been bad. God, I pray for a sudden good break that will turn lives around in this place today. God, we're expecting of that in the name of Jesus. God, I pray you work in hearts and you work on hearts and that you'd heal hearts in this place today. This is the greatest brokenness that we can have is is one that we begin to believe that you're not with us and you're not for us. God, turn that around. Turn it around on the inside that the outside will be turned around as well. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. God, do for us what we can't do for ourselves. God, do for this people what no man can do. Only you work from the inside. Change us from the inside to the outside. And I thank you for it. Oh, I thank you for it. Oh, I thank you for it. Now listen to me. Listen. This is a reality here today. Don't you let some religious notion talk you out of this. You stood up into a... You you got up from the place that you were. And I'll tell you, if you'll grab a hold of this, you... Now let your believing in and receiving, not in how you're feeling, not in the outward things, but on the inside of you. God sees me. God knows where I'm at. God knows the dark night of my soul. God spoke this morning right to me. If He said it, won't He do it? He's not a man that he should love. I heard a voice within the voice. I I sensed his goodness and his grace and his presence. And I'm telling you, my life is not just going to be changed in the feel good of of a moment. But I'm telling you, my life... Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.